Hello, hello, and welcome to another interview that has to do with managing diversity in groups. I'm here with my old coach, Kevin John. Uh, he coached me in RPGSA softball. Um, he's also a umpire for all levels of softball, meaning RPGSA all the way up to high school and possibly college within the next couple years. Uh, and he's also a volleyball official, so he knows a lot about this subject. Well, Kevin, how you doing? I'm fine. How's it going, Kayla? <laughs> good, good. It's good to see you. It's been a while. I haven't seen you in a couple years. Long time. Yeah, long, long time. So, just start with the whole diversity thing. Uh, what kind of diversity training have you completed, either being a coach or being an official of either sport of softball or volleyball? I haven't had any diversity training. And do you know why? Just have never needed it just never needed it like it wasn't important to those jobs or like it just was never brought up it wasn't really a big issue never really brought up wasn't ever really a big issue Mm, okay that's not bad do you think it's gonna be a an issue within the next coming years with everything going on for good coaches no i agree i agree so being a coach for as long as you have um, how do you make your team inclusive? Like, no matter the di- diversity on the team or anything. The best nine play. Right. So it's 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 how hard you work. Mm-hmm. It's how you perform. It has nothing to do with race or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It is all about your performance and as the individual, mm-hmm. you know. That that's something I've learned from you throughout the years when I started coaching. It has nothing to do with what the parents say. Has nothing to do with what the child looks like. No. It all has to do with where's their skill level. Are they dedicated and are they willing to do what it takes to play? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And are they willing to sacrifice the stuff it takes mm-hmm. to make the team? and be the best team that they can be. Well, because I know at 11, I wasn't ready to sacrifice. All my friends were not playing sports anymore, and I remember I didn't want to play sports, and you talked to me, and you were like, this is what you need to do, and I was like, I don't want to, and then you put me on the team. You said, too bad, and then I was like, well, here I am, four years later after college. It's not only that. You can't let kids quit because something gets hard. Right. You know, um, a lot of a lot of people will let their kids quit Mm -hmm. and you can't let allow that to happen. Right. Well, with the whole inclusive thing, how do you make your team inclusive with diversity or even without diversity? Because I know in this area, we don't usually have a lot of diversity. You have to do things as a team Mm -hmm. to get everybody on the same page. Right. Okay. so. Whether that's being going to the beach and playing softball on the beach and not really expecting anything other than everybody to have fun and good time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember, some of my first practices I had, we had them at the playground, right. not even on the softball field. Right. Because you'd go over to the playground and all the kids would play mm-hmm. in an area where, they're f- where they are familiar with what they're supposed to do there and more comfortable and more comfortable and mm-hmm. so it's an open and easy transition mm-hmm. um to get them you know when you first introduce them to let it let them develop their own individuality with the team mm-hmm. 
in a place where they feel comfortable. Right. And there's no parents there really. I mean, the parents are watching, but the they're parents not are there watching, to control but what is going no, on. Parents are not allowed to control anything in the softball field. So on that same note, what do you trust your athletes to do to help diversity in working together? First of all, they have to trust each other. Right. Okay, so if the athletes don't trust each other, regardless of color, regardless of race, regardless of any of that stuff, mm-hmm. it all comes from trust. Right. And, you know, we, over the years, the teams that I've had have been very diverse, but I mm-hmm. don't see it as a color, a race. I right. see it as a team. Mm-hmm. And that team is how they perform. You need to be and, as one. Right. And the starting nine are the starting nine. Mm-hmm. Now, there has to be someone ready to stay, take their position. Right. You know, if something happens, if they get hurt, if they don't feel well that day, mm-hmm. or whatever, you have to have the people to be able to step in. Right. And you were able to handle that well? Absolutely. Like, everyone knew their role on the team? Everybody knew their role on the team. Everybody knew that they could come to me or any of my assistants with any problems they had, mm-hmm. and that we would take care of it. Right. And whether that's we sit everybody down and talk about it mm-hmm. or, you know, we decide we need more fun times together as a team. Right. You know. And in having either a lot of diversity or very little diversity, how did you handle differences on the team related to diversity? Because personally, there I... There was none. None? There was none. We really? never We never had any problems because of... Race because we never made it about race. We made it about performance. Right. And everything is a performance base. The better you do, the more playing time you get. It has nothing to do with the color of your skin. Right. Because I can't, you know, this, this, this one person may have a different color skin, but you can't tell me because of their skin color they're better. Right. So I didn't see color. I mm-hmm. saw players. Right. I saw teams. And do you think the parents also saw it that way as well? Or did you have a couple to issues? My no- to my knowledge, we never had any issues regarding that. Everybody, you know, uh, the most thing we had was people complaining about playing time. Right. And I told them it was, you know, performance-based and the, the best nine are going to start. So solely because of skill, you've never had right. a problem with race, disability, or anything nope. regarding nope. playing time? Nope. You were disabled that with is your true. epilepsy. That you is, played. That's true. That is true. <laughs> you know, I mean, it goes just goes to show you right there. Now, you know, you, when you played, was I worried about you having a seizure on the field? Yes. But at least you knew about it. But I knew about it. Yeah, you knew and about I, it. And the team knew about it. Mm-hmm. So the team was comfortable with it. Right. And when they don't know, when people don't know other people personally. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It makes it hard. There's a lot of excuses can come up. So you were able to get on a personal level with the girls that mm-hmm. was appropriate and very open and accepting on your teams Correct. over the years? Correct. With, you know, with other coaches around, with, you know, never one-on-one, always mm-hmm. with other coaches, because that is a touchy subject, a male coach coaching females. Oh, yeah, especially, like, within the Um, last couple of years. Yeah, and so, you know, you always had to make sure you had a female coach. Mm -hmm. Um, You always had to make sure that when we traveled for tournaments or whatever, and we put put you girls in your rooms, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't hold the keys. Right. My assistant female coach would hold the keys. Mm -hmm. 
And she would be the one doing all the night checks on yeah, everybody. Yeah, make sure everyone's in, in, in bed, bed this lights time. out, and all that, all that kind of stuff. And right. I think that's very important. And it's important to the fact that they also trust all the coaches, not just the head coach, not yeah. just, you know. And once you develop that core team, um, you know, people will come and go, and they'll fit right in with no big deal. Right. All right. Well, in your experience um, with coaching, I can actually mm. think of a couple being on that team of yours, uh, giving two specific examples of how diversity really strengthened the team. It wasn't really diversity-based. It was more because of, I know you know which team I'm thinking of, the NorCal Assault. Mm-hmm. If we were more diverse in age than we were in race or anything, Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was the youngest on the team. I was about 10, 11 years old, and I was playing with girls who were 12, 13, 13 and 14. Yeah, who were mm-hmm. teenagers. And we went out to um, the rice field. You remember that? Oh, yeah, the rice paddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. I remember. Yeah. It seemed very scary at the time, but that was because I was the youngest on the team. I do remember uh, you and your assistants, mm-hmm. we were in the truck. And we were being dropped off in the dark in yep. pairs of one. And we were given one flashlight. Yep, and everybody whenever, had their own flashlight. whenever you honk the horn, that's when we were allowed to turn on the flashlight. And keep in mind, this is in the middle of absolutely, absolutely nowhere, nowhere. In yeah. Wheatland, somewhere in the rice paddies. I didn't even know we had rice paddies out in California. Yep. And we just... I was sitting in the dark. I was so scared. I didn't know what to do. And... Everyone got dropped off, and then you honked that horn. You saw a bunch of lights turn on, and all these girls are running through the rice paddies. They were dry, thank God, but we were running through but the rice you, paddies you gotta take to a, find take each other. Take into consideration, it was what ten o'clock at night, so it was super dark out there. Mm-hmm. And from where we were up on top of the the house, mm-hmm. all we saw was a bunch of lights running around because <laughs> everybody had to get together before you you had to come back to the house as a team. Yeah. So everybody had to get together yeah we and had once to, everybody was there then you could come back to yeah house. we had to make sure that we knew the exact number of girls uh-huh. on that team there yep. was no if she's this age she's being left out there if she nope. is but this that, race she's being that, left out that, there there was that goes that. back to team building and right. that goes back to trusting everybody on your team right and that's you know team building and team bonding are two different things right. and people get it confused and they want to say they're the same and they're not mm-hmm. you know team bonding is getting the girls to 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 like each other and to have fun with you to team, despite differences right team right. building mm-hmm. is getting the girls those same girls to trust each other right trust them with their you know with their ability trust them you know and it, it all goes back to the team compact uh, mentality right um I know you touched a little bit on the team bonding and the team building and everything. Did you ever have a problem with a team being bonded? Not necessarily the building because obviously that example we that we just gave was the building experience and like we well, went in we go we can go back to the very first year that you were on the team. Right. Okay, on my first Rebels team. Mhm. And remember when I put you in the catcher's gear? I do. In front of everybody. Everybody. And what did I do? You swung the bat at me. Right. You hit hit me with the bat and the ball. But you were in catcher's gear. 
Yeah, so it wasn't really... Okay, let's disclaim this. This is not abuse. No. It was okay. It was okay with my parents, and, and he he asked my parents, and everything was fine. And, Continue. you know, that got you to trust the equipment. Right. Right? Which, in turn, then, trusted you. Which entrusted me. And then what happened after you had that? How many uh, girls on the team wanted to get the catcher's glove, oh. catcher's gear on, and be hit by the coach? Everyone wanted to be a catcher after that. Yeah, Even and I were, still wanted to be a catcher. Well, and what were they saying? Coach, hit me next with the bat. Hit yeah, me with which the bat. sounded so bizarre to any other but, bystander at the field. But when you're dealing with 8- and 10-year-olds, they have, they're not going to take you for your word. Right. They have to see they it. They have to see it and trust it. Right. And to trust it, they have to see someone get hit with a bat. They're very seeing is believing, not believing is seeing kind Correct. of thing. Yeah. That was absolutely insane. So, so you know, even though my some of my ways are old school, right? Um, they are effective. I they, agree. They are effective in getting everybody to play the way you need them to play. Right. You know, that's why if you remember on the assault, I didn't care if we won the championship on the Sunday. Right. What was my thing? Five games. Five I won games three on it. Saturday, mm-hmm. two on Sunday, and we'll go- we're gone. Right. Didn't care about trophies. Why didn't I care about trophies? Because they didn't matter at the end of the day. They don't prove anything. It, exactly. They just proved that on that day you were better than that team that you beat. Right. It's not saying that you're all, always going to be better than that team. Right. What it's saying is that on that day you were better. So... If if more people were less concerned about trophies and more mm-hmm. concerned about, look, I just want to play five games. That means we have to yeah. play three on Saturday and win at least one on Sunday. I'm okay. As well as the intermixing of the girls and if they're having fun. Well, and, and then, if... then also taking the sun- Sunday is the day when the championship games are, right? Right. Do you remember out of my three pitchers, mm-hmm. my number one, my number two, and my number three, right. which one would start the first game? Uh, if I'm thinking correctly, it was... The number one. No, it was Ashley. Well, the number one pitcher would start. It didn't matter who it was that week. Oh, the or first string. I the thought first, you meant, like, first, No, no. The okay. number one pitcher would start. Right, the first, the first game. pitcher. The second game on Sunday, the number two would start. Yeah. And then the last game, the number three pitcher would start. Right. Why do you think I did that? Uh, to give pitchers rest? No. The number one pitcher knows that she's the number one pitcher. Right. The number two pitcher pretty much knows that she's the number two pitcher. Right. Okay, the number three pitcher needs confidence to be the number one pitcher. So why not put her in that third game, which is usually the championship game on Sunday? Mm-hmm. Let her start that championship game. Right. What does that do to her confidence? Goes way through the roof. I know that. I know you've put me in that position, and I was like, what are you doing? I don't want to do this. And you were like... Oh well, and I was like, it's "Your turn to start." I was like, "All right, fine." And usually ended up okay. Usually. Well, and and that's usually. that's the thing. I mean, like I said, everybody gets carried away with trophies. Right. A team isn't really. I mean, look at the professionals. Okay, yeah. When they get done, when baseball players, when they get done for the year, do you think they're home crying because they didn't go to World Series? No, they're living their life. They're moving on. No, they still they get paid at the end of the day. Right. So, you know, okay, yeah, if you win the World Series, that's an amazing thing. Right. If you win a championship, yeah, that's that's amazing. But once again, 
you don't need trophies because a trophy's going to go on a shelf for a couple of years and they get tossed. Yeah. And it's about it's about the girls really. It's it's, it's, it's about the girls and it's about their confidence. Right. It's building them to be members of society. Members of society be, and you know ugh. and members of society. What else what are the, some of the other rules that we had? No parents in the dugout and or talking to the girls in the dugout. Right. Um, and when we were at the hotels, girls had to stay with other girls, no staying with your parents. Plus Usually, this was on a rare occasion that people didn't get along. Usually, we'd have to stay with people that we did not like. I would stay with whoever because I felt like no one liked me. So, I was always with an older girl um, just to give me that confidence type of thing. Or, I'd right. stay with other and pitchers. Because, because it's, not that, it's not that you weren't liked. You were liked. Mm-hmm. You just didn't communicate well with the younger girls so i had to give you to the older girls Mm -hmm. because they understood yeah which was absolutely insane right but what i mean is is you know when you learn learn from that what don't you do when you're walking with somebody you don't ever let them walk by themselves you right you you always always go in pairs minimum Mm -hmm. nobody ever goes to the bathroom by themselves nobody ever certain rules were there to help you guys Protect get along them. like like uh in the airports what did i always make you guys do in the airports walk in two lines with a buddy well not only that but would you when your parents dropped you off where did they drop you off at the airport in the what's it called i don't want to say deployment because that's not the right word no, but the departure departure, departure right and they leave you there and you are with the coach the rest of the day until exactly he and, says you can go see your parents and that means you had to go up and check yourself in mm-hmm Put your luggage in mm-hmm. and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Most scary. people wouldn't do that. And I didn't help you do it. It was scary. I let you. It was scary, but it made you a better person. It yeah, because now I can do it by yeah. myself and I'm well, totally yeah, fine. Most people can't. You know, I mean, most people don't know how to do that. Right. You know, most people wouldn't know how to find their way through an airport. What happened when you went to New York? Oh, gosh. I was traveling, not by myself. I was with someone, but I had to know where my gate was. I had to get there two hours ahead of time. I had to check myself in because I know on my way back, I was going to be by myself. And I ended up fine. I ended up finding my my way. I don't really remember how, but I was prepared for that at a very young age. I think I was 14, which I guess that's not really a young age, but... Most kids As, don't do that for at me, that age. For me, I was, like, really young, and I was like, I don't know what's going on here. But it, it, it helped you in life, right? Right. And that's that's what sports is about. Sports right. is, yeah, it's nice to see the NFL play and the hockey and all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. But sports is also about preparing you for, for, for life. Right. You know, and it has nothing to do with who you are, what you look like, nope. uh, what, what they, you what, believe What they in? call you? What was your nickname? Which one? I was. I was everything. either the puppy or the giraffe. Oh gosh, yeah, the baby giraffe or the baby deer or the puppy. Right. Because I would just or the horse. Run. Yeah, literally. I I was just running. I didn't know how to run. I looked but, like a puppy with floppy but, ears, and I don't. But, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but, how that happened. But you know, but it, that's the thing is everybody had you know look at look at, Chatty. Right. 
You know Haley, her name? Haley Millerick. Haley, Haley Millerick. Yeah. Her name was Chatty. Why? Because she wouldn't shut up. Because she never <laughs> shut up. And some one of the coaches didn't like the name Maddie because it was a very basic name. Uh-huh. And he knew multiple people named Maddie, so he changed Maddie's name uh, to Dixie. And then there was another girl named Maddie and changed her name to Pepper. And it right. was just like, oh, my God. Well, and then why did on. your name get changed to KT? Because there are so many Caitlins on the team. Yeah, because there are so many Caitlins in one Bay Area, like, uh-huh. team that it was just like, I don't know which one's which, and they all respond, and I don't need all of them. So we changed it to KT. Yeah. So, you know. So, with the team, mm-hmm. if there were to be such a incident, how do you do diversity training for the team? Well, like, do you think they it's, understand? It's not. It's not about diversity training. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to take individuals at an individual level, right? You know, and if if I came across someone that was, you know, race racial or or mm-hmm. something like that. They wouldn't be allowed on the team because that was not uh, not allowed. You mean like making racist slurs? Yeah, if you're making stuff. racist slurs, you know, it doesn't matter which way. It could be, you know, blacks against white, whites against black, Mexicans against black, blacks against you know. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't any matter. Way. Right. Any any way was not tolerated. Right. And because it's a form of bullying. It, exactly, and bullying wasn't allowed on the team either. Mm-hmm. And so, I think girls understood that a lot more than boys right and so it's easier with girls than boys i think i think it also helped that like at the beginning of the season we would always have a meeting with the parents Uh and the girls where it was Uh like if you're going to be on this team you have to follow a b c and d here are the rules mm -hmm. and And if you don't follow the rules you get a warning and then you're kicked off right and And, that was basically if the parents acted up the parents would not be allowed to come to the games right i mean Parents had their rules too that they mm-hmm. had to follow. They weren't allowed to come and see, come and see us in the dugout. They weren't, you know. Once we were at a tournament, if it was a local tournament, once they dropped you off with me, you were mine for the weekend. Right. That's it. Right. You know, and or at also, least until the game. Also remember, over. how often did I take your phones from you guys? Oh Jesus, I I can't even remember every because, game. Because every what did that bonding, do? What everything. did that do? It got you disconnected with the rest of the world and to engage with each other and get to know each other because all of us were in different, what's it called, like social... Social groups. Yeah, social groups. Outside of of the team, you guys were all... Because you all went to different schools. Right. You know, especially when you got up in high school level. Right. You went to Annalee and Rancho. Other people went to Annalee, Santa Rosa, Petaluma, Casa. Right. You know, the whole night. And even yards. most of the time, I and was still in middle school and girls were just right. starting high school and everything. So it's a very big divide. Right. At that point. Yeah. And, you know, when we took a van anywhere or whatever, then everybody would listen to the same music. And oh, it didn't God. Matter. Yeah. Yeah. When we took yeah. the vans everywhere, if it was an And everybody had to pile up on everybody. Remember that? Oh, my that? God. I do remember that. It was so bad. It was definitely but, illegal, but we did it. And well, it wasn't illegal. It was just one of those things that it's like you know you're jammed in there. Yeah. And you you have no you have you can't the only move. thing you could do is get along with the person next to you because yeah. that's who it's going. And I, I think, purposely wouldn't let you girls sit next to each next to your yeah, friends. Yeah, I think I think it worked because we had to be so connected. Uh huh. 
And you I didn't have your phone. So yeah, you could, we didn't you, have you, our phones. We had to be connected. And if we wanted any social engagement, we only could engage with each other. Exactly. And that was it. That was the bottom line. That was... Uh-huh. You don't like her because she's she's black, she's Mexican, whatever. Well, that sucks. You're rooming with her, and it's like you have to That's get right. over it. And um, I think I think you would agree when I say that m- more coaches should really like look into that. As in, this is how you're gonna act, which seems which seems yes. very like oh, do what I say, blah 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 blah, like very controlling. But at the end of the day, it kind of gets you to accept your teammates a little bit more. You have to accept everybody for who they are mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what gender they are it doesn't matter what race they are it's you have to accept them for them right and that's the bottom line right. i mean you can go into diversity training you can go into all this other stuff but it all circles around to one thing and that's getting everybody to trust each other and respect each other right and once you get that trust and respect going you won't have any problems. Yeah, there shouldn't be any problems as far as that no. at all. And um, and just remember, respect is not given. Right. Respect earned. is earned, mm-hmm. just like trust. Mm-hmm. First time you meet somebody, you don't trust them right off the bat. Oh, absolutely not. They have to earn your trust. Right. And respect is the same way. Right. And, you know, um, parents came to our teams because they trusted us coaches. Yeah. Because they trusted us and the fact that we had you girls best interest at heart we weren't out for winning winning. we were out for giving you the experience getting you prepared for college getting you prepared for life in general yeah through softball and if you think about it when we did play on a team like that it was more like a once in a lifetime experience that's something that Obviously, I can't get back anymore if I'm done with college and everything. How many girls girls have played softball at the University of Arizona? A lot. Right, a lot. How many girls want to and can't? A lot more. You played softball there. I wanted to. Well, no, you wanted to play play for them as a college. But what I'm saying is, you oh, played played softball in there. Oh, on the on the, on the field, field, and, and you also for... hit hit the ball off the wall. I did. I I met Coach Condrea, so... and he wasn't impressed the first day, and then the next day I hit the ball off the wall, and it was but, oh gosh. But, you know, I mean, and that that group of girls right there when we when we took the, everybody down there for that, mm-hmm. that was hugely diverse because there was what two hundred girls down there. Yeah, from everywhere, from New Mexico to Texas to Louisiana to Florida. All over, all over. Mm-hmm. And well, nobody, because nobody he's the had best. Yeah, he's the he, best. He's the best. And so when you see coaches like that, that's who you want your kids to look up to. That's who right. you want your, your daughters especially to play for. Right. Play for a coach like that. So you try to find that coach. Because it's, it's a one in a million shot that out of all the girls that play softball in the United States, you know, really only 18 girls... 22 girls max are going to get on his team. Right. And so that means probably four to six every year of new players. He only has so much room to recruit. And so so much money as well. Mm -hmm. Well, this was actually a really insightful interview. So thank you so much for joining me today. You're very welcome. Keep in touch. (laughs) I will. And you know what? We'll we'll see what else we have going on, I guess. I'll see you soon. All right. All right. Thank you so Uh, much. Bye-bye. Bye.